Hey guys, it's your girl Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy Joey Price. If you're interested in flipping properties but don't know where to start, the best way to learn is by hearing from someone who's done it successfully. So, today on the Business Life and Coffee Show, we've got Brittany Rose of Rehabbing Baltimore, and she's joining us to talk about the ins and outs. Plus, lessons learned from her time as a successful project manager in her rehab business. Brittany also manages to wear a lot of different hats that we'll touch on, as she's the co-founder of More Than Cheer, uh, a former Baltimore Ravens cheerleader, and she's also a community organizer. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Excited to have you on, too. And... uh, you wear a lot of different hats, like I said. You're a cheerleader, businesswoman, real estate investor. How do you even, like, how does someone become such a, a mogul and have many different interests at this age? I mean, you're, you're, not, that, you're not that old. No, I'm not. I'm 29. I just turned 29 last month. Um, but most people think I'm a lot younger because I look really young. Um, but it, to answer your question, it's all about having the right people around you and the right team. Like, there's no business that I have that I just go it alone. Yeah. Um, there's no project. There's no initiative. There's no anything that I do just by myself. I, I find incredible people. Um, my boyfriend runs a lot of the construction, and I shouldn't say a lot of, he runs pretty much all of the construction mm-hmm. side of things for rehabbing Baltimore, and um, and I kind of just like, you know, guide the ship, and my co-owner, Sama, she runs everything for our cheerleading company, and again, I'm, I'm kind of just guiding the ship, making sure that we're doing the right things at the right times, that we're driving business, that we're profitable, um, but I have great people that play an incredibly large role in, in the success of all of these endeavors. Yeah, and I mean, you've got a lot of responsibilities here that some might argue would be a full-time job, but you're managing to juggle all these so well. What are What advice would you give to people that that might be interested in even whether they're starting at one business or getting into rehabbing, how do you manage the juggling? Um, for me, there's no such thing as a weekend. There's no such thing as a work day. Um, I, I do considerably less work than I used to have to do um, when I was just starting, but I have a very clear understanding that there is no nine to five and I get off at a specific time and then I'm done for the day. You know, my life is entrepreneurship and, um, it, there's, you know, if it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm working, then so be it. And if it's, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon and I want to go out and I take the day off with my family, that's what I do. So for me, it's just about committing to the lifestyle, being willing to put in the work on the front end to reap the benefits on the back end, um, being comfortable with being uncomfortable because if you're not constantly being challenged, you're not doing something right. Like there's every day there is a new problem to solve. 
And if that's not happening, then you might need to push yourself a little bit more and understand that when you do that, you're also going to increase your workload. Um, so yeah, just there's n there's no such thing as a balance for me. Um, it's all about juggling, you know, keeping all the balls up in the air as best you can. Um, understanding that you're just one person and that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to put things on the back burner and it's okay if something falls through the cracks because things are going to fall through the cracks. And it, like I, I call it herding cats, right? Like I have all these projects and businesses and passions and I'm just trying to get everything going in the right direction all at once. And, you know, just understanding that that's life and that it's okay for it to be a little chaotic and it's okay for things not to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about herding cats before. And for those who are like, <laughs> what, is, what does that imagery look like? Well, imagine trying to get so many different tasks, people, projects, all together in the same direction when they all have a mind of their own, just like a bunch yeah. of cats. So it's not like sheep where you can just kind of assemble them and they'll go with the flow, but it's like a constant managing and nurturing of priorities to make sure that everything is, is tracking forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you, you mentioned entrepreneurship as a lifestyle, and uh, I definitely agree with you there. But could you, could you go in a little bit deeper about what that means for someone who might be working a nine to five and, and think, oh man, entrepreneurs have it so easy because my favorite, they get to set their schedule. Like what, what does that mean for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you do have a lot of control over your schedule, but you also, I think the most successful people, especially in the beginning are the people who are willing to make it work like drop whatever you got going on drop whatever plans you had drop whatever to be available for an opportunity um for example i just got a new mentor um, who was introduced to me through a franchise consultant and he asked me hey you know when are you available to meet and my first response was tomorrow like whatever time you're free i'm free like i'll make it happen and that's really what you have to do to seize opportunities. If you see an opportunity, if you see something that is worthwhile, you have to be willing to drop whatever things you had scheduled and, and take it. So that's, that's the part of entrepreneurship that people don't really, you know, see. It's not part of the glamorous part. There have been times where we have canceled vacations. Um, we have, you know, rescheduled big events for our family, uh, you know, whatever we had to do so that we could do what needed to be done to get to the next place in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And it's about making your future a priority. Absolutely. Yeah. So many people are, are so willing to say, I'll do it tomorrow, or, oh, I'm too busy, or I already have plans that day, or, you know, whatever. There's a million excuses. And it's, it's not to say that they are valid reasons for, you know, not being wherever you need to be. They are very valid reasons, but the, the thing is, is this going to be, you know, 
an opportunity for you? Is yeah. this is this worth it for you? Are you willing to sacrifice? I think that's a big word that we miss out on. Being willing to sacrifice, sacrificing sleep, and you know, Joanne, you and I have known each other for a long time, <laughs> and you know, I don't do well on no sleep, but. If that's what you have to do to get the project done or to seize the opportunity, then that's what you have to do. Yep, yep. It's uh, sacrificing for the greater good is what I like to say. And I can all, I used to say I can sleep when I'm dead, but then I realized, like, I, I'm not trying to push it. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Right>. but, <laughs> but I can function and have a, somewhat of a high degree of function if I need to, uh, to stay up past my normal bedtime. I try to keep my hours, but uh, I mean, I had a recent project where I was doing an audit for a client, and I lied to you not. I I said, you know, good night to my wife. She went to bed, and it's like eleven o'clock. I'm going into the office, and I left probably around five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, and it's because a lot of the goals in entrepreneurship, and especially projects working for clients, like. They're time sensitive. And so we get to choose our hours, but at the same time, we've got to deliver results. And the same with you, like, you know, having opportunities, creating opportunities to meet with your mentor, you know, that's another aspect of entrepreneurship is, you know, using your time uh, as best you can because it's all about, it's, it's all about results. And being willing to leverage your time finding ways to eliminate things that don't need to be done by you. And and I feel like as a woman, and especially like as a woman with a family, um, there's a, a, a pressure to, you know, take care of everybody and take care of your house. And I'm sure a lot of other millennial women with families feel that same type of way. Or, you know, and even more so if you're of an older generation, right? But I had to learn to let go of that for the sake of my sanity and for the sake of my business. I cannot do everything. And if that means, you know, I cleaned up the house and I come home and it's a disaster, like it's staying a disaster until I have time to clean it. I have to just become okay with that and recognize that my value in the world, like what I'm doing, what I'm contributing to the world far outweighs if my house will clean every day. Um, So that's something that I think a lot of women struggle with. And that's, that's part of the struggle of an entrepreneur, especially as a woman. I think, you know, we have some unique challenges to overcome and that's definitely one of them. Yeah. And I can't even begin to speak on that because I'm sure I'd uh, be guilty of mansplaining (laughs) <laughs> won't yeah, be me yeah, just leave that, leave that to us. that's fine won't be me your, your hustle uh, is it learned or is it ingrained in you like how did you get to be this person who is just on top of seizing all these opportunities it was learned um, I think I can remember being a really young girl, like probably kindergarten or maybe even before that, all the way through elementary school, some of middle school, and riding in the car with my mom, and she would always be 
playing positive motivational tapes and she was always trying like network marketing companies and she was always very entrepreneurial and so I got that from her. I I don't think anybody's just born knowing that they should be an entrepreneur or born with the skill set to be an entrepreneur. I think a lot of it depends on personal development, your network, the people in your family, just the people that you put yourself around on a daily basis. It's it's definitely learned. And I can always tell um, like when I'm kind of like not investing in myself as much because my moods change, my moods fluctuate a lot more. So like being on top of my personal development has become really critical as an entrepreneur. I think if you if you don't have the right mindset, if you are, I, I want for me it's goal oriented, but not everybody is like that. I'm not gonna say you can't be an entrepreneur if you're not goal oriented, but I think most of us are. Um, if you're not self driven, if you're not willing to learn and study on your own, if you're not a problem solver, I think that's the number one thing. If you're not yeah. a problem solver entrepreneurship probably isn't going to work out for you. You cannot, there's so many people who do this thing and it drives me crazy. They watch impending clouds of doom, right? There's this huge cloud of something disastrous coming towards you. And people will literally sit and watch it come and wipe out everything instead of figuring it out and figuring out what you can do and figuring out how to make the problem solvable Um, Because there's always a solution. There has to be. You have to make a solution. So I think it's, it's, you know, it's just something you got to work on. Yeah. And that's great advice for people out there who think that they might not have the stomach or the capacity for entrepreneurship. And it is a learn, just to echo, you know, so it's a learned process. Like it's not something Mm -hmm. that you're you're necessarily, you may be born with it, but you have to go through life uh, learning and developing and refining. So, you know, it's not too late for somebody that wants to be in the entrepreneurship game. But, you know, you're going to have to bring your A game and bring your A game every day and, and learn new skills and, and build up your weaknesses. Um, yeah, really, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, Let's talk about the rehabbing. Uh, this is uh, something that you and I, we've, we've talked about, and I've been focusing on my business. You've conquered this rehabbing, and it's been impressive to see you and Quay, you know, build this thing from nothing. And uh, now you've got the website, which is rehabbingbaltimore.com. Uh, you guys are also on Facebook, right? Yep, Facebook and Instagram. I probably post the most to Instagram. I haven't been posting very much recently because we finished, you know, pretty much all of our jobs right now. Yeah. So we're we're getting new properties now. Um, but yeah, you can find us on all of that. Uh, RehabbingBaltimore.com on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. So why did you decide to get into rehabbing properties? So... I have always, so back to entrepreneurship, uh-huh. like there's a, there's this one book that almost every entrepreneur reads and it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. right? 
And I knew that I wanted to build wealth in my life. Um, and I knew that real estate was a great tool to do that. And I learned a lot of that through Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, as well as, you know, entrepreneurial concepts through that too. And so that was a major deciding factor for me. I, I've known for a very long time. Actually, it's so funny. I, I talked to a girlfriend from high school for my birthday, and she was like, I remember we were in um, biology, and you were telling our whole table how you were going to own 30 houses by the time you were 30. And I did not remember that at all. But clearly, this is a conversation I've been having with people for a very long time. Um, because I definitely see it as a vehicle to wealth and for the goals that I've set in my life, um, the, the things that I want to leave behind to the world when I'm gone, it's going to take a considerable amount of money. Um, and so this is the way level. So I had already decided that I wanted to be in real estate a long time ago. And then my boyfriend and I met and he is very oriented. Once he decides he wants to do something, he will learn everything back and forth about it and go out and do it, you know, crash into a couple walls, figure it out, make it work. Yep. And so he was just finishing up with a previous company and decided that he wanted to jump into this. And we started with a thousand dollars and learned along the way it took us way longer than we expected for those first projects but it you know at the end of the day it came out the way it needed to for us to be able to move forward we've been profitable on all of our projects and that's that's not something everybody can say so it was really just like kind of the right time and the right moment and the right person and it kind of all came together and we decided to jump in and make it happen that's awesome and your story like you're saying it's you can just google you know rehab nightmares and people who oh, haven't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who haven't uh been as successful but the fact that you all i get if from the outside looking in what i've seen is you know learning quickly from your mistakes and moving forward Maybe not even mistakes, but like lessons, moving quickly from lessons, uh, being like a, aggressive learners and making sure that you get as much information. And like you said, you know, we've been friends for a long time and, and hearing you talk about the rehab, you know, one day I'll hear you talking about, oh, we're meeting with this new partner or we're connecting with this team that rehabs in another city and like just getting this good wealth of info that can help help you guys make smart decisions. Absolutely. That's probably been the the number one determining factor in being successful is talking to as many folks as you can and hearing their war stories yeah. and knowing what to watch out for and how to vet contractors and understanding, you know, potential consequences of actions and just really like knowing what to look for and what is normal and what's not normal and what good work looks like. It's that, that was the biggest learning curve. So finding folks who have done it that you can watch is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I wish we have a, a program like that it's called earn and learn where our investors can also learn the process of rehabbing a property. 
And I wish I had that when I was starting. Like, essentially, you're getting paid to learn how to rehab. I know when we started, we paid for a course. We paid, like, $8,000, and that was on the really low end. Like, it wasn't even listed as a price option. We had to go and, like, finagle a deal for this $8,000 course Mm -hmm. and did not learn anything. Like, it was a complete waste of money, complete waste of money. So, you know, to have, to be able to offer this program for other people to learn from and to, to grow their net worth at the same time and to just grow their wealth potential, it's been, we're really blessed to be able to offer others that opportunity. And we view it as a service to our community. So is that something that you could plug now or is that something you've got to be in your network to know? How can people learn more about this? Uh, earn and yeah, learn? you can email me at rehabbingbaltimore at gmail.com um, or hit us up on any social media site. We usually take folks in rounds. So like if we're fundraising for a new project or something like that, um, but we are happy to sit down with anyone and kind of explain the program to them and explain the rehabbing and then go from there. But it's, um, it's, it's basically getting paid to learn how to rehab. It's really good. And yeah. it benefits us because when we're looking at doing deals where we're using a hard money lender and a gap funder, gap funder can be up to 50% interest. Um, and so it makes sense for us to work with folks in our network and work with individual people that want to reinvest into communities and help them build their net worth by giving them 25, 35, 45, 50% back on their money, um, which, you know, we hope that they'll continue to invest with us and invest in communities and support local politicians and, you know, do all of the things that need to be done to help Baltimore and, you know, where I live, I live in Lawton County, but to help, you know, our cities, our counties, our, our country develop and grow. Yeah. And that's important. I love that you are, are giving back and want to see other people grow. And let's, you, you kind of glossed over it a bit, but, you know, Gary V, he always says, you know, I want to make a ton of money so I can buy the New York Jets. But you're making it, you want to make a ton of money because you actually want to do something that is positive. What's, what's the end game for you? I know we, we've talked about this a few times. What's the, the end game? There are so many end games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so end game with More Than Cheer is to be able to create a company that helps serve girls and boys around the world and develop them as community leaders and just, you know, the next generation of people who positively impact our world. Um, That's what cheerleading did for me. It gave me the skills to really be able to develop into a person who wanted to help others and a person that had the ability to lead others. So that's what I want my kids to get out of it. Um, In game for rehabbing Baltimore is get enough cash that we can, of course, secure our family and our extended family and friends, um, but also invest that in long-term assets. Like our next project is rentals and then large-scale apartment buildings and then development and then international development. Um, For us, serving, uh, you know, under-resourced 
countries and communities is huge. We really have a great opportunity. You know, we, we have a privilege being American. Um, that sounds kind of like, mm, it sounds horrible in one, in one sense, but we really, we really do. We, we have, there's a, a way that our country works that, um, that is seen as, as something special. And our enterprising yeah, it's, it's, and it's our not entre- like that. And there's we have open opportunities, whereas in some in some countries, someone tells you what you're going to be. Someone tells you if you can go to college or not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, you know, my my boyfriend especially, he has family internationally, as do I. And it's been um, it's been a learning experience to see what is possible in different countries and. It's been humbling to know that we can make a difference in those countries simply because our perspective is different. So that's definitely a goal. Um, and I mean, it sounds so like cliche, but just just to change the world, to like actually do something that has an impact greater than myself and my family. Um, so those are end games for, for us. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that your in games are all about helping other people and unlocking opportunities for people that may not have that opportunity uh, automatically afforded to them. Um, so definitely try to, I definitely try to shout that out whenever, whenever I can. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, one of our last questions, if you knew, when you started, what you know now about rehabbing and flipping houses, what would you tell yourself? Uh, I think the biggest thing I would tell myself is find the best contractors you can afford. <laughs> like, <laughs> vet them, ask for references, you know, do everything that you can possibly do to make sure that they're going to give you quality work. And stay on top of them every single day. Really, you know, study it and learn what to look for and and what's good and what's not. And invite other contractors to walk through your projects so that they can point out what you may not know or may not see. Uh, I think that's been the biggest difference between when we first started and where we are now. We just have such a clear understanding of what good work should look like Um, because if if you have bad work, you're going to spend three times the money getting it redone and three times the time, and it's just a nightmare. So yep. get it done right the first time. Pay the extra money. Do what you need to do, and um and know what to look for, definitely. Awesome, awesome. And do you have any other parting thoughts, anything you want to shout out before we, we go off the air? Um, no, not in particular, just, um, feel free to reach out to us anytime We're we're really all about building the wealth of others and, um, rehabbingbaltimore at gmail.com and on Facebook and, and on Instagram. And if, if rehabbing is not your thing, if it's, you just want to start a business, you have a service or a product go for it as quickly as possible. There's a learning curve that does not get easier with time. So jump in now, do it now, you know, do it part-time if you have to, but start as soon as you can. Awesome. Yeah. Start as soon as you can, learn as much as you can, 
grow your network because if your yes. network if your network is broke, you're gonna be broke. So <laughs> you gotta. Uh... <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks for being on the show. We'll have to have you again. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you don't get caught in the rain. Thanks. You have a great day too. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.